This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, we are talking about Serrano peppers. And I, I've just, uh, yesterday was was uh, bivalently boosted. Um, yep. And uh, we, this, we're recording this in advance, so this yeah, happened sh- in September. Yep, yep. Uh, but I, these things, these things hit me pretty hard. Yeah. And uh, like I, so I'm, I'm trying to rally. Uh, if I seem a little loopy or or if I like take a little cat nap halfway through the episode, <laughs> that's why. I was bivalently boosted uh, three days ago and flu shotted. Yep, yep. I got the flu shot same same time. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I I got nothing but a slightly sore arm. Yeah, I asked the I asked the flu shot. I did the flu shot second. I asked the nurse like, "What do you recommend? Same arm or the other arm?" And and the nurse was like, "It really doesn't matter. <laughs> like whatever." Matthew, I haven't told you about my experience getting my shot. So I signed up to get my vaccines through a CVS in the Northgate Target here in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And I made my appointment for like 10 o'clock. And when I got there, there was this guy just like kind of sitting in front of the pharmacy area. Okay. And he apparently had signed up for a vaccine too anyway. But what he didn't understand is that you're supposed to like go behind the little vaccine screen, right? Okay. So the lady who apparently was giving vaccines, she had a heavy, uh, I believe, Russian accent. All and, right. and her name was very, was very Russian. And she chastised him for not knowing where to sit. <laughs> and anyway, so by the time I got up there and it was my turn, I was like, okay, I, I, I know what to do. I'm going to go straight behind the screen. I got this. Anyway, I sat down and I get really nervous having shots. So I tried to oh, make sm- yeah. I tried to make small talk. And I said the thing <laughs> that I'm pretty sure okay. everybody says to the person giving them a, a vaccine. I was like, so do you do this all day? And- <laughs> and she goes she goes like seriously Mm -hmm. i could not get the woman to crack a smile not not even what did she say she goes well i do this i answer stupid questions on the phone (laughs) i have to dispense prescriptions you know we have to count every bottle we use every (laughs) bottle (laughs) 
and I and I'm just like sitting there trying to look away, and yeah. I was like, "Wow, that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot." I just loved I answer stupid questions <laughs> on the phone. I was like, "Did you? Wow!" Like, as she had not that, yet given me the shot. Did you? Did you think she was going to say I answer stupid questions from people like you? <laughs> I was a little bit worried. I mean, I just. It was an intense moment. Okay, so my, my nurse was, was very was very yeah, like genial, but but I like also am, am nervous about getting shots and so I talk a lot and so so the thing I focused on was the free lollipops and I'm like, so I'm just here for the free lollipop and uh they're just like, Yeah, you gotta get your lollipop and I'm and I'm like, you know, no, I was kidding, like I'm here for the vaccine, but also I'm gonna take the free lollipop and she's just like, Uh Um, I have to say also like the CBS at the Northgate Target in Seattle. Like, I know that times are tough, but the, but the, the floor of the little vaccine area was just littered with Band-Aid wrappers and two used cotton balls. Oh, boy. And I was like, if I manage to come out of here without some sort of bloodborne illness, I am winning. So thanks, thanks for joining us for uh, your favorite segment, <laughs> Molly's Yelp Review. <laughs> Again. Um, all right. So this episode, Serrano Peppers, was suggested by host Molly. Why did you suggest this episode? I did. Yeah, you did. Oh, I think it was because, oh, the last time I was over here, you had made pico de gallo because yeah. you and Watzel were having uh, nachos for dinner that It was a night. good pico de gallo used it to was, Alvarez Farm tomatoes. Yeah, it was a really good pico de gallo. This is peak Pico de Gallo Pico season, season. Not by the time Seattle. you're hearing this. When you're hearing right. this, it's December. But anyway. But um, remember a couple months ago when it was peak Pico season? Uh, anyway, you mentioned something when you were offering me the Pico de Gallo. You said something about the Serrano chilies in mm-hmm. it or something. And it occurred to me that I just never use Serrano chilies. I feel like if I make a recipe that calls for fresh, fresh peppers, fresh chilies, it's either um, like a like a Thai mm-hmm. type, like a little bird chili, yep. or it's a jalapeno. Yeah, I almost never make anything with Serranos, so I thought Matthew, let's spend an entire episode talking about Serranos, something I have. Almost no experience. With. Yeah, let's do it. So first, of all, I want to I want to like apologize up front for my for my not great pronunciation. So it's so in Spanish it would be something like Serrano, but uh, I I'm not going to be able to make it come out that way every time I say it. So I'm, yeah, I'm I'm almost certainly not either. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use an anglicized pronunciation, and uh, oh yeah, let's let's start with memory lane. That was your memory lane, wasn't it? Uh, go ahead. You Matthew. didn't pick any up while you were at the Target. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. But I did buy. I did stuck up on Q-tips. Smart. Yeah, Q-tips. Okay, so I think I probably first started buying Serrano chilies uh, when I started making the salsa, the green salsa that I make all the time. So I make a, a salsa verde um, with uh, made with tomatillos, like roasted tomatillos and serranos. I've talked about this on the show a million times before. Like uh, we can we can share the recipe again. But uh, it's uh, it's my favorite salsa. I make it constantly, and uh, and I always use uh, serranos like in season. Like right now, I get them from Alvarez Farm, mm, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, but uh, off season, I get them at the supermarket. One of the things I want to I want to emphasize in this episode that I think that like serranos are the are the most consistent pepper you will find at the supermarket. I I'm really I'm interested to hear that because when I buy jalapenos, I I truly feel that I have no idea what I'm going to get in terms of heat. Let's 
get into this. Great. Okay. This it's time for it's time for your other favorite segment, Matthew's rant of the week. Oh, is this going to be a fiery one? This uh, well, that's uh, that's a good oh, question because well, you it, don't know you don't know until you crack into it. So here's the thing: I feel like jalapenos used to be better in the old days like and specifically wow. like like the ones the ones you get at, at like a you know non-mexican supermarket oh no you're not gonna go this is not a make jalapenos spicy again rant right no it? no and and everything was better in the old days like the like 1950 that's what we need to get back to. that's right um so specifically when you when you buy when i okay so i'm gonna just speak from my experience things may be different where you live but like when i go to like the qfc or the safeway the jalapenos they're enormous first of all which is not usually what i'm looking for because i want to like you know chop or slice a chili into something and not have it be like a two inch wide ring yeah how big do you think a jalapeno should be i don't know like two inches long two inches gosh that is quite small yeah um and and when i buy like you know i will buy jalapenos from from uh alvarez farm or another local grower and they will be smaller okay but but the ones like the ones it seems like the they're trying to become green bell peppers because they have gotten bigger and less spicy and less consistently spicy. Like, you know, sometimes I will literally buy a jalapeno that has no heat at all. Yes, I'm just I like, agree. why why didn't I just get a green a green bell pepper? Yes. This has happened to me as well. And so Serrano's like have a similar overall flavor profile, but mm-hmm. are smaller and more consistently spicy, but not too spicy. And how would you say, so, you know, when you think of the spiciness of a jalapeno and you think of the spiciness of a serrano, mm-hmm. ideally, how how would you describe the the uh, the Scoville units? Let's of each let's get one? into the Scoville units. Okay. okay. So, the serrano on on the Scoville scale ranges from 10,000 to 25,000 Scoville units. Okay, and Scoville so, units are how we measure the amount of capsaicin? Yeah, and it's it's like a qualitative scale meaning like it's it's done by like, you know, pureeing an amount of the pepper and then diluting it in water and seeing like what people like a, a like you know, group of tasters can taste. Okay, it's not it's not like a direct measurement of the amount of capsaicin. I don't think. Okay, so it's not like a bricks measurement. It's not like, like a the amount of sugar in a in a. Oh fruit yeah, we recently or... got some pretty good peaches from uh, from Metropolitan Market. Oh, do, are they still doing the 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 Peacherama? Peacherama? Yeah. Oh gosh, I forgot about it. Okay, so a jalapeno can range anywhere from zero to about eighty five hundred Scoville units. So, so like oh, the that's... hottest average jalapeno is going to be a little less spicy than than a than uh, the mildest than a mild serrano. Wow, um, that's interesting. And to it me. like an habanero it ranges from like a hundred thousand to three hundred and fifty thousand Scoville units. Wow. Okay, that and then, is... And then, like, you know, there are, like, stunt stunt chilies, like the Carolina Reaper or uh, what's the other? Ghost pepper, ghost pepper. That, that are, like, even more than that. Wow, that I had no idea that the habanero was truly an order of magnitude, many order of magnitudes, hotter even than a serrano. Yeah, so so that's, they for me, like, the, the serrano, like, fits, like, right in, like, a happy medium area for me where, like, I want some heat from, from my chilies, but I want to be able to, like, taste the chili flavor and use, you know, like, throw a few chilies into my recipe so I can really taste the, the, the chili flavor and not have that totally overwhelm the dish with heat. Okay. Where- which is not, that's not like a criticism of habaneros, which are a delicious chili. They just need to be used in a different way. You know, it, it occurs to me as I'm just wildly anglicizing the names of these peppers. 
it occurs to me that I don't really know where these originated. Okay, so um, first of all, like the name Abanero, we, we did like kind of a general chili episode. Uh, like I always have to remind myself that the, the name Abanero means like from Havana. Oh, Oh, um, okay. And so a, a serrano is, um, it's like a, uh, you know, it's a mountain pepper because it's, it's uh, the word serrano comes from sierra, which which oh, is mountain. mountain. And it, they come, they, they were originally domesticated in the Hidalgo and Puebla states, what are now the Hidalgo and Puebla states in Mexico. Okay. So like, you know, like kind of north and south of, of Mexico City. Okay. Okay. So central central Mexico and uh, the like diversity of chilies used in Mexico, like you know, we get a tiny fraction of that in in uh, like Amer- non Mexican American supermarkets. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like it's it's been it's been growing, but still, you know, we get like the poblano, the uh, the jalapeno, the uh, the serrano, and uh, and then like you know Thai chilies maybe. Sure, that sounds like and, and what I yeah. what I can get at my local Western supermarket. Okay, so you want to you want to meet. Mr. Mr. Botany. What, oh. Do we have a name for our botany segment? It's not Mr. Botany. Um, uh, that was, we, we just, Mr. We just, Etymology. We just heard Mr. from Mr. Etymology. Etymology. Okay. Mr. Botany. Uh, you know, it seems to me the thing that's coming to mind is uh, Domo, Domo Arigato, Mr. Robotny. Mr. Robotny, yeah. I, Mr. Robotny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that song is about, about a, a, a Japanese botanist who was also a robot. <laughs> Great. Okay. I'm ready. So, uh, so serrano peppers are a are a capsicum, uh, mm-hmm. meaning they are one of the many varieties of uh, capsicum annuum. There are there are five species of of uh, commonly eaten chili peppers, but capsicum annuum is the largest. Has the most varieties. Okay. What does the annuum have anything to do with the plant being an annual? I bet it does. Okay. Yeah. Is there a perennium? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, oh, that's, that's like perineum. <laughs> yes, there. I mean, there is that. <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> We've okay. all got one. Yep. Go um, on. Okay. So uh, other capsicum annuum varieties include the bell pepper, poblano, cayenne pepper, Thai bird's eye chili, and jalapeno. Okay. Believe it or not, once again, uh, pepper fruits are berries. Every it seems like every yeah. fruit is a berry. Every, yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Um, unless it's a droop. And uh, I learned, I, I feel like that we must have said this on the show before, but a plant that produces berries is baxiferous. What? So baxiferous means berry producing. Oh, does this have anything? Is I mean, how how is this related? No, the word Baxter comes from Baker. Like like the name Baxter? The name Baxter. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's related, but I don't know. Okay. I'm, I mean, am I Mr. Etymology? Sometimes. <laughs> Hold on. What are other words that are related to to the spelling of Baxiferous? B a c c i f e r o u s. I don't know. Bactine, um, probably different. Uh, back, um, back, backslide. Bacteria uh-huh. with two c's. <laughs> don't know. That's the kind of Baxiferous you're trying to avoid. Yeah. Okay. What about the seeds in Serranos? Do you remove them? Almost never. Okay, and like I think you know, there's there's generally no reason to like if you're if you're like cooking for someone who really can't take any any spiciness, you're probably not going to use these at all because they're fairly spicy. And if you can take spiciness, there's no reason to remove the seeds because they're unobjectionable, and okay. that's where a lot of the heat and flavor comes from. I was going to say, so you know, I feel like I've heard many different things over the years about where the heat yeah, is okay. in a so fresh I, pepper. That was, that was a. So, uh, you know, not quite correct. Yeah, where is the heat? It's really mostly in in the the ribs. So, like the veins, yeah. sort of, or the 
the the white thing. Yeah, whitish thing that goes uh, lengthwise down. Right. The yeah. So if you want a seed of serrano, you can like with a little measuring spoon, like kind of scoop out the the seeds and ribs. But I've almost never done it. Okay. Okay. Do you use them raw or do you ever use them in preparations where you would either like pickle them or roast them or toast them or what do you, what do you do? Do you remember did you ever watch Smurfs? Of course I watched okay. Smurfs. Remember the the song that Gargamel would sing about how what he wanted to do to the Smurfs like I'll roast a t- few and toast a few and serve no. the rest up cold. I don't remember that. <laughs> um I <laughs> we should we should record a cover of this song. <laughs> um, now I feel like I want to look up the complete For lyrics. For some reason, I'm hearing it in my mind uh, to the tune of the facts of life. I'll roast a few and toast, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You roast a few and toast a few. <laughs> and and also... Eat the rest raw. Maybe broast a few. Um, the facts also of maybe life. Go, ghost a few. Ghost a few. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was really Gargamel's greatest crime was when he ghosted the Smurfs. What was his... Oh, Azrael was his cat, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Okay. Man, that show was so bad and I loved it so much. Oh my God, I loved it. I, yeah. had, I had zero criticisms about that show. Same. I loved yeah. it. Yeah, and it was 90 minutes long and I would it watch was? the whole thing. Yes, it was the longest cartoon by a factor of like 300%. It was, it was my favorite cartoon for a very long time. Yeah, me too. Um, Did anything ever happen to them other than like them getting into a scrape and, and narrowly being captured by Gargamel? No. <laughs> One time they went to space, sort of, I think. Oh. Or, but like they they like pretended like like someone tricked them into thinking they were going to space. Oh. Was it Mrs. Frizzle? It was yeah. <laughs> they got on the magic school bus. <laughs> yeah. I think there were times like did you did you ever like have a thing and like like I I've like lived through this having having like a child where like your kid wants to like show you some piece of media that they're really enjoying and you have to sit through it even though it is so boring. Oh yes. I think I made my parents do that with us like a Smurfs episode that I really liked. <laughs> I wish we could remember which one it was. It was probably the one where they go to space, honestly. Oh, that sounds so fun. I think there was one where, like, Brainy Smurf breaks his glasses and, like, you know, the whole episode is, like, like <laughs> things that, that Brainy can, like, barely make out because he broke his glasses. <laughs> or, like, his Brainy discovered to be not very smart without his glasses. I might I might be thinking of that Twilight Zone episode where, where the guy breaks his glasses even though he wants to read the books. I've never seen the Twilight Zone. Um, it uh, Some of them are really good and some of them are, are really not. I was terrified of... Of, of the Twilight Zone sure. as a kid. I think you asked me an actual question and I answered with the Smurfs oh, and forgot yeah, to get you, back to the question. Oh, like how do I how do I cook them? Right, you roast a few, you toast a few, you serrano peppers. So serrano peppers. Yeah. So so like the reason these are so great is because like you can you can use them a whole bunch of different ways and they're kind of good in everything. Like I, you know what? I've memory lane from last night. Oh, wow. Can we go back to memory lane? Yeah. Last night I made Philly cheesesteaks for dinner. This will be an upcoming episode. Not not my dinner, but like we'll do a Philly cheesesteak episode. Oh, great. Okay. And, I've never uh, had a Philly cheesesteak. And like uh, I like onions and peppers on my Philly cheesesteak. Wife of the show, Lori, prefers just onions, is not a big fan of bell peppers. And so I said, do you want do you want onions but no peppers? And she was like, yeah, that sounds great. So I made her one with onions and no peppers. And then I mentioned that I'd Did thrown- you cook the onions and peppers separately? Yeah. Okay. So then I mentioned that I'd thrown a 
a, a Serrano chili into mine. And she's like, I didn't know you meant that kind of peppers. I would have taken a Serrano chili because they're good in everything. Wow. I love that. Okay. Okay. So they're, they are great raw. They, you know, like they can go into a salsa raw. You can, uh, you know, use them, use like slice them thin and use them as a garnish. They've got, I mean, let's try a little right now. Okay. Okay. So wait a minute. We have three in front of us. I'm, I'm just going to say that, uh, are these all Serrano's in front of us? Yep. Okay, they are they they all look a little bit different. Yeah, so this this one's kind of half ripe. They're they're usually sold green and unripe, but sometimes you'll see them like starting to ripen, and sometimes usually usually only at the farmers market you'll get them like fully ripe and like orangey red. Okay, do they taste different at that point? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, why aren't you using a cutting board? What's wrong with you? I like to live on the edge. Wow. So when you're buying these, you want to choose ones that, like, you know, aren't starting to wrinkle. And, like, if you cut into it and the seeds are turning brown, then it's kind of starting to get past its prime. But you can still use it. Oh, I love the smell. Mm. Made my eyes water a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is not super spicy, but it's, it's got, it's got like, a nice little kick to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so lots. they go into lots of different fresh salsas. I wish it had more flavor. I think I just find myself want like wanting the flavor of a bell pepper, but with spice. Yeah, let's let's try this. Let's try this like Riper slightly one. ripe one. This one has a a, a different mm-hmm. smell. This one, the the riper one, def- does have more flavor. Hmm. And spicier. <coughs> oh, do you have a cracker? I think so. Maybe. I mean, I know that a cracker doesn't do anything for capsaicin, but <coughs> or maybe I don't know a little bit of cheese. Yeah, we got that. Woo! Matthew, it is 10.14 in the morning. <laughs> As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do really spicy things ever make you feel a little nauseated? No, not really. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's helping me. Thank you. Many years ago, Brandon and I went to Mission Chinese Food in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. And we had the wonderful like, cumin lamb noodles or something that they had. And it was so delicious. And it was my first encounter with spice-induced nausea. Okay. Um, but they, they have some really spicy dishes. Oh, there, that, right? I mean, that okay. is, that is re- those are like wonderfully wildly spicy i think i've had spice induced hallucinations you think you have maybe what did you hallucinate um well like one time one time i went to this uh this indian restaurant on the east side many years ago and got like assorted pakoras and one of them was a really spicy chili and uh like i went into sort of a fugue state what does that mean like i mean i've always heard that but i don't really know what it means like were you unresponsive i lost touch with reality what did it feel like? I mean, like my mouth hurt, but uh, but like the rest <laughs> of me was sort of like kind of like seemed like it was kind of like jellying in and out of of like corporealness. And how long did it last? I don't know, like two minutes. Was it worth it? Yeah, I mean, I have it's a good memory. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. 
so yeah, there is more flavor and more heat in that ripe one. Yep. And like I feel like again, I got these at uh, at Safeway. I think uh, I think probably even like the green green ones gotten from the farmers market are going to have more flavor because they're like you know grown grown in the eastern Washington sun. Mm-hmm. You know, grown with with love. Why do you think that these do not have like the? Um, I mean, these are not as popular in my world mm-hmm. as jalapenos. Well, why do I? Why is that? So I wonder if is it the, big jalapeno? If, like, if the big jalapeno thing has anything to do with like the popularity of jalapeno poppers or stuffed jalapenos? Because like you know, if I was going to make like a stuffed jalapeno thing, I guess I would want like a bigger, less spicy one. Yeah, and that's a very popular snack. Although I think probably people who are serving jalapeno poppers at home are like mostly buying a commercial product that goes in the oven or the mm-hmm. air fryer or something. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like. I don't know. Hmm. What do you think, listeners? No, um, oh, I thought you were what, and what do you me. think, Molly, as the representative of the <laughs> listeners? I think we should just move on to the next agenda point because I don't have a point. Okay, pickle <laughs> these pickle really well. Uh, I bet I love a pickled jalapeno, so yeah. I bet this would be even more spicy and tart and salty and delicious. Yeah, you can like easily do like a quick pickle of them at home with uh, with like you know a vinegar and salt brine. They're, uh, you know, an escabeche with uh, like, Ooh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I heard that they are that they are good in jardinera, which is something I've never made and I'm not sure if I've ever eaten. Oh, gosh, we should do. Well, I, it I don't sounds really, good. I don't really I feel like we are too entrenched in the West Coast to know enough to do a jardinera episode. Is that, is that like, like, it like is a, a real very, like East Coast Italian thing? I think of it as an East Coast Italian American okay. thing. But I don't know. Maybe we could get a guest or something. Maybe we could get a guest. Maybe we could like record like the episode in New Jersey. Yeah, we could stay with my ex-laws. Are they are they Sopranos? No, they're okay. not. But they live totally in that area. Okay, great. Yeah. 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 Let's do it. Okay. What about, so do you ever roast them prior to putting them in salsa? Yes, almost always. And the way I do that is just in a cast iron skillet on mm. medium heat on the stove for like 15 minutes and like roll them and press them a little bit occasionally. Oh. It smells so good. I bet good. it smells so good. Um, yeah, it's, it's very satisfying cooking process because uh, like they look like kind of nicely charred and blistered when you're mm. done. And you could do it like over like a gas flame really quickly would work fine, I think, mm-hmm. or like on a grill. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what occurs to me, Matthew? I think one of the the only times that I think to use Serrano's is when I make your spicy sautéed corn. Yes, they they are the best chili to use in that yeah. recipe. Yeah, yeah, and that can be quite spicy and so delicious. Yeah, because the corn gets a little caramelized. Oh my gosh, we'll we'll link to the recipe. Yeah, and it, it's just like you take corn off the cob, you saute it with uh, like you know scallions and uh, and some kind of chili and mm-hmm. what else? Mm. And like maybe a, like a squeeze but, of lime at the end. Yeah, I feel like there might be a tiny bit of sugar you put in there. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, you know you can you know how you take like uh, shishito or padrone peppers and like just like cook them in in uh, in a skillet with with olive oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and sear them and then then. Put some coarse salt on there. Yeah, like if you if you don't mind the heat of biting into a whole serrano, uh, like they work great in that preparation. Also, wow, I usually think of myself as being pretty good with heat, but I don't think I could do that. I, I think I could do like one. Okay, yeah, and All then right. and then fugue state. Yep. Uh, what Did you about- know that these are native to the fugue state of Mexico? <laughs> 
What about um, what about uh, like soups and stews? Do you have any soups and stews you make that that use these? Molly, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> last week, um, I made it was one of the first things I made after dropping Teenager of the Show December off at college. Um, and I'm still I'm still in this in this uh, kind of phase of like like what do we eat now and like how do I remember to cook two servings instead of three. But isn't it great if you cook three because then you have leftovers? It, it depends. Like if it's if it's a dish that makes good leftovers, like the chili verde that I made, then yeah. yes. Okay. Sometimes no. But if it's like a hamburger, or if, yeah. Like I, I'm not gonna like put a leftover hamburger <laughs> in the fridge. I assume sometimes people do that. It seems like an odd thing to do. Uh, my spouse is one of those people who, if we're at a restaurant and we don't finish the hamburger, they will bring it home and they will eat it still, like as a hamburger sandwich situation okay. the next day. I won't do that. As opposed to like like dissecting it well as opposed to like maybe taking the meat off and just eating the meat I, like I do okay, not no, but wa- that seems weird too <laughs> but I do not want to eat like sandwich bread that's been no. sandwiched already and then put in the fridge overnight no me neither but I mean don't oh, oh I was gonna say aren't you the person who makes your uh, PB and J the night before but Absolutely they don't you don't put not. them in the fridge no, no I do not make PB and J the night but I make my kids entire lunch and or my child makes their entire lunch the morning of. Okay. We do not do it the night before. I do not like what happens the night before. I, I like put my kid <laughs> to bed like sandwiched between two pieces of Texas toast. Oh, and then they just, they're also already dressed for school the That's next right. morning. They've got lunch and clothes. Yep. Sometimes, sometimes like I write an advertisement on on, each, <laughs> on the exterior of the bread. Okay. Um, where were we? You okay, were so chili, chili verde. verde. So, so like uh, you know, pork shoulder, tomatillos, garlic, and serrano chilies. Like tossed all that in the instant pot. Thirty minutes in the instant pot. Take out the pork chunks and puree the rest. You're done. It's so easy. It's it's like, dude, why have you not? I, I don't think this was in my birthday recipe packet. Well, I mean, you're going to be 50 soon. I'll make you a new one. I'm not going to be 50 for a while, Matthew, but you are. Uh-huh. Okay, so, uh, so you I've can I've just make... turned 43. Matthew is 46. And for my 40th- 40... I'm not, actually. But let's pretend I am. I'm 47. Oh, I just turned 44. <laughs> <laughs> the lies upon lies. <laughs> oh, I forgot how old I was. I really thought I was 43. Okay, so Molly and I are going to be 50 soon, and uh, and we'll exchange recipe books oh. and probably scrapbooks of our friendship. Yeah, I you gave me a great recipe book for my 40th, and I actually was just going through our recipe binder last night, and so many of your recipes are in there, and and below. Beloved. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I should I should be writing down when you say like why isn't that in my recipe book yeah. for, for the next recipe yeah, book for the next edition. Okay, so yeah, the I chili cannot verde. believe I just got my age wrong. Um, and mine. Yeah, no, it's okay. Like we're well, but I always figure out my own age first and then add three to it for yours. I'm still trying to mentally live back in the era when jalapenos were smaller and spicier. So okay, okay. I was gonna say something else about the chili verde. Oh, one of the things I like about making chili verde is like if you look up a recipe, it'll say use you know use this many pounds of tomatillos and this many chilies and this many cloves of garlic and this much pork and like the ratios do not matter at all like whatever you've got you throw it in there and it's going to be great because all those things taste good that's a good point right yeah i mean you could put in too many chilies but uh you'd have to work at it if if you undersalted it it wouldn't taste very good that's true but that can that can be fixed yes okay all right so yeah so sautés um uh you know, corn on the cob. Uh, so, so when you when you cook uh, chilies in a in a pan like that, the the like Mexican Spanish term for that is uh, chiles torreados. Hmm. 
Okay. So like blistered in oil and sprinkled with salt. A little lime juice is good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. You can substitute these for Thai bird's eye chilies if you have trouble finding those. I have found that like most, like the supermarkets in my area mostly carry Thai chilies now. That is new like within the last 10 years. Certainly. And so I think probably there are so places they don't have them. So if you're reading a Thai recipe that says like, you know, put some slice some chilies and put it in some fish sauce and use that and use that as uh, as like a garnish or, uh, you know, a hot sauce um, or, uh, you know, in a, in a stir fry or whatever, use Serrano's. It'll be great. Hmm. OK, uh, you wrote here on the agenda. I saw someone recommend. Is this, did they write it on a sandwich board? Uh, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I saw someone recommend putting sliced Serranos on avocado to- toast, which you you don't like because you don't like avocado. But no, and I was like I said, I was just in Palm Springs, and I won't shut up about it. And uh, they every day at breakfast they had avocado toast, and like most of my coworkers were eating avocado toast every morning. I was just like, I need to learn to like avocado toast. It actually seems like less challenging than yeah, ketchup. Maybe I think it would be. I think it would be okay. Like, um, a, like it was like spicy and had some lime juice on it. Mm, that sounds so good. Yeah, I think I think. Well, I I don't know if you'd like it or not. You'd probably hate it. Do you do you eat avocado toast? Wife of the show, Lori does. I don't really make it at home. Well, sometimes I do actually. I, it's not something I would order out in the world. I don't know. I I don't get like excited about it. I don't feel like going out of my way. Uh, Watzel recently made uh, with the leftover chili verde like a torta with like a toasted roll and uh, and some sliced avocado and and pulled pork from leftover chili verde. That sounds really good. She said it was really good. I uh, I definitely will take some avocado, especially if we don't have any like good salad greens or something mm-hmm. like that that I want to eat it with. Uh, and I will definitely mash it up with salt and some lime juice, maybe a little bit of olive oil. And it is tasty on toast. But okay. I do like it mashed up. I think it tastes better. Yeah. Okay. I will um, keep this in mind if I ever decide to challenge myself to learn to like avocado toast. Is there anything else that you want to tell me about Serrano's? One other thing you can do is you can make a homemade hot sauce that is just Serrano's pureed with vinegar and salt and is very tasty and will will last at least a couple weeks in the fridge. Wow. Okay. Interesting. I would have never thought of it. And what's the texture? Um, it depends how finely you puree it. Like I, I think I think it's good like to puree it pretty pretty fine. So so fairly smooth. And do you strain it? Nope. Okay. Okay. Huh. All right. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. All okay. right. Okay. Wow. I good I, good idea for an episode. Thank you. Thank I, you. I feel that I've learned a lot. I, I feel that I have too about oh, good. um avocado toast. About avocado toast mostly. Okay. Mostly toastly. Matthew. We have some spilled mail. Do we ever. This comes from listener Aaron, who writes, I was re-listening to Nonstick Frozen Treats earlier this summer, and we should specify that that was an episode about frozen like ice cream treats that don't have a stick, mm-hmm. not ones that not don't stick non-stick. to things. Right. Uh, and it reminded me of a story from my childhood. Apparently, when I was a toddler, I woke up in the middle of the night, probably 8.30 p.m., <laughs> and went into my parents' bedroom when I found, where I found them eating Klondike <gasps> bars in bed and was absolutely scandalized. Bow, chicka, bow, wow. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, go they on. They were not a thing I was ever allowed to have, and yet here my parents 
parents were enjoying them in secret. Nearly 40 years later, if I call my parents and ask them what they're up to, there's a good chance they'll say eating Klondike bars in bed. I also remember my mother's reserved stash of Milano's and a particularly significant betrayal on an extended family vacation where the kids were sent to bed early for misbehaving and I was deputized to sneak out of the bedroom to bring back snacks, only discover- <gasps> to discover the grown-ups enjoying a secret icebox cake. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like listener Aaron has the makings of like an entire memoir here as like a successful yeah. memoirist. Wouldn't you agree? I would absolutely agree. <laughs> Get right to it, Aaron. Uh, you've both talked about dad foods, but they've usually been things you didn't want to eat. Old world things in jars or things that became shared treats. Mediterranean imports delights. I love how much our listeners remember I about know. the dumb things we've said. Go were on. there things your parents ate that were reserved parental treats? If so, are they things you yourself eat now? I, do, I have like a joke answer to this question. I don't have a good answer to this question, but it, but I love the question so much that obviously I was going to include it. My, my answer is that we still have like a running joke in my family of like we were on a road trip and we're bringing like whoever we were visiting on the road trip a gift of some like fancy-ish cookie assortment from Costco called Grandios, and which were sitting like within reach in the back of the car. And so, so my mom would, kept saying like to the kids, like whatever you do, don't eat the Grandios. And so now don't eat the grandiose is something we'll just like throw in <laughs> to a conversation <laughs> for no reason. Uh, and we didn't eat the grand. They didn't even look very good, honestly. Uh, when I was growing up, and, and this strikes me as kind of a bummer now, when I was growing up, well, so so for one thing, my dad didn't have much of a sweet tooth. He, mm-hmm. he was more like a, a salt tooth kind of man. Yeah. So he was and an not- endive tooth kind of man. <laughs> He was not prone to having like he was not all that interested in dessert um, unless we were like in a restaurant or something. And my mom was in peak like diet culture. Sure. Era. So I have to say I grew up more than anything seeing my mother restrict her desserts and seeing my dad just not be interested. So so for me, it feels quite wonderful like i feel like i have such a different experience of my parents in relation to food than mm-hmm. what you're describing here that for me it feels really like revolutionary uh to eat dessert in front of my kid yeah and show my kid that this is like a totally normal thing and that everybody gets to have some of this like fun, pleasurable food. Yeah, it wouldn't be as, I mean, it might be fun in a different way to eat dessert in front of your kid and say like, and you can't have any. That's true. You can't have any of this French silk pie. Um, God, I cannot even, like Aaron, I cannot even imagine what it would be like to to, to have parents who eat Klondike bars in bed. I mean, it feels like, like kind of a dangerous game. Because, it does, because like, like, those things always yeah, like crumble. The, yeah, like, crumble a, like a, piece of, a piece of chocolate is always going to fall off and stick to something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I also just love the idea of of being the type of grown up who has a secret fucking icebox cake with your grown up friends. Yeah. I love this. Like, and do you think, think, I guess, like, I was thinking texting, but probably not back then. I think, like, 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 mom would, like, call the friends, be like, I've got a secret icebox cake going, like, get over tonight. I love it. You know, there is one thing. So, Ash and I, I made, I might have mentioned this. Ash and I uh, order McFlurries on, like, Mm -hmm. Postmates or Grubhub. Not infrequently. Sure. 
And occasionally, so we have some friends, Riley and Chris, who enjoy McFlurries as much as we do. And occasionally, um, you know, when we're having, like, especially during the pandemic, when we weren't seeing them very much and we were all having a hard time, a few times they like sent us surprise McFlurries. Oh, that's so sweet. And anyway, we have returned the favor, I think, once. I, I we're, we're really due to do it again. But if there is one wonderful thing you can do from like, one set of grown-ups to another, it is sending surprise McFlurries. <laughs> I think that's pretty great. Yeah, one time, one time, uh, uh, December and our friend Dana and I had uh, McFlurries in Hong Kong together that were the best McFlurries ever. Oh, I bet those were like, really good. It was like, yeah, it was like we had just had like dinner at like a really good like uh, like soup dumpling restaurant, and then Dana was like, "Do you want to get a treat?" And I was like, mm, "What kind of like Hong Kong treat is this going to be?" And we got McFlurries, and it was so satisfying. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, uh, thanks, so, listener Aaron. Yeah, that was that was a primo question. So you like if you want to ask a, a uh, spilled mail, like now you got a lot a lot to live up to. Mm-hmm. But contact at spilledmilkpodcast.com. Uh, Matthew, do you have a now but wow this week? I do. My now but wow is going to be one of those things that you've definitely already heard, but like I somehow missed and like, you know, got into like in the last few days. Uh, And it is the song Bad Habit by Steve Lacey. Do you know this song? No. I think you would probably recognize it because it's like a super popular played everywhere kind of song. But I think you should check it out. Didn't Ed Sheeran have some sort of song about a bad habit or something? I mean, I think it's probably a popular topic for songs. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Like love. Like love. Like, I, I don't think a song about good habits would be very interesting. <laughs> honestly. Like, took I the brushed, trash out again. Brush my teeth twice a day for two minutes at a time. Guess what? Now I'm flossing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, so, so one thing I love about Steve Lacey is like, I feel like even today you sometimes hear like the, the, the boring old critique from boring people that like the pop charts are full of like indistinguishable prepackaged songs that are written by committee or like, you know, that uh, everyone on the pop charts is like a 20 year old that's been selected for their looks instead of their talent. And like, I don't know if this was ever really true, but like currently we live in the world where Steve Lacey is a massive star who's like this kind of like weird eccentric, like guitar genius who writes these like, like twisted, like R&B-ish pop songs uh, about like his, his difficulties, like, you know, finding love. And uh, and his songs are just so catchy and so delightfully weird, and uh, he's just a real a real character that you should get to know if you haven't yet, but probably you have because he is super popular. That is fantastic. Thank you, Matthew. So, so put on bad habit and enjoy. So hey, Molly, what you snacking? Hey, what you snacking? You gotta tell me what you're snacking, or I'll release the kraken. So what you snacking? You know what? This is going to sound so boring, but we went to Trader Joe's not long ago. We did a little Trader Joe's, you know, re-up of, of the, the pantry. Yeah, so so you, you went to Trader Joe's. <laughs> we went to Trader Joe's. And um, every now and then, I really love pitted prunes. Uh-huh. Not, yeah. for, not for any sort of, you know, functional reasons, just because they are delicious. I like them for functional and flavor reasons. They don't seem to do anything for me in terms of the function. Okay. But, uh, but that's great, because it means I can eat more of them without sure, any sure, ill sure. effect. I have been loving Trader Joe's pitted prunes. They're really good. 
They're so good. And my kid likes them too. I took a, like a, such pleasure last week in, in putting like four pitted prunes in their lunchbox. Sure. It was delightful. That is great. I don't know if you would call instant noodles a snack. Would you? Sure. Why not? Right? Yeah. Okay. Sure. So I've been snacking on uh, a Nongshim Shin Gourmet Spicy, which is probably the most popular Korean ramyun brand. Um, the kind, uh, it comes in a variety of different formats, but it's, uh, you know, the one with the black and red cup. What is ramyun? It is uh, Korean for ramen. Oh, okay. Okay. And so this is, uh, you know, you if you if you haven't already had it, and you like spicy food, you can probably find it at your local supermarket, even if it's not a uh, Korean supermarket because it's gotten very popular. And like for a for a mass market product, it's pretty spicy. And like, is really, this the one that we tasted? We did. The- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And really good flavor. And like, uh, you know, it just kind of always satisfies and it's ready in three minutes. Like I mentioned, we recently dropped uh, dropped Teenager the Show December off at college and threw in uh, some of some of uh, cups of uh, Shin Gourmet Spicy uh, with uh, with their luggage and uh, got a report uh, from December a couple days ago that they said uh, their roommate said, December, are you sobbing? And uh, Sarah said, no, I'm just eating really spicy ramen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's really great. I like it. You know what else I like? Yeah. I like that our producer is Abby Circatella. I like that too. Yeah, very Abby's much. really good at making us be better. A genuinely spicy producer. Yeah. You can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And apparently it like helps other people find the podcast and stuff, but I don't really know. It, it like puts out some breadcrumbs on the trail to the podcast. Okay. You subscribe to Molly's newsletter on Substack. It's mollyweisenberg.substack.com. It's called I've Got a Feeling. And uh, every week, uh, Molly gets a different feeling and tells you about it. <laughs> and it's been going on for a while. So she's really going to have having to like dig deep to find I've some got a new lot feelings. Of feelings. Yeah. Um, no, uh, that's not what I do. Okay. <laughs> it's, like, it's, just... a, it's a good idea. Okay. Thank you. Uh, anyway, you can chat with other spilled milk listeners about your feelings. Uh, <laughs> On our subreddit, that is reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. Uh, so until next time, uh, thank you for listening to, sh- to the show that's getting... Uh, the song that... Uh, the song. <laughs> the show that, that is a song. I am Molly Weisenberg. <laughs> and I'm Matthew Amster Burton. Uh, I was trying to make a joke about jalapenos getting bigger, but having less content um reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing Uh, (laughs) that's definitely not a problem Uh, reese's you did it you stumped this charming devil 